What is up, everyone? This is Alex Lieberman, co-founder and CEO of Morning Brew, coming to you with another episode of The Founder's Journal, my daily audio diary made public for the world, where I talk about the most important moments, wins, losses, and thoughts behind the scenes at Morning Brew. As always, I am joined by my co-pilot, Mr. Josh Kaplan. To give you some context on the day, I have done nothing other than basically interview people for seven hours straight. Uh, we're doing a custom podcast at Morning Brew, so I did three of those interviews that each took an hour. I had my CMO series with Joe Martin, the CMO or head of marketing at Cloud App uh, earlier today. So basically, I've done nothing except for stare at a screen and ask people questions. All of that to say, I don't have many thoughts right now. I'm actually a little bit uh, burnt out. So I'm going to put the responsibility on you all to guide this conversation. Today is going to be an open office hours. So we are going to sit awkwardly and wait until there are questions in the comments. And we're just going to start answering people's questions for the entirety of this episode. Anything flies and I get to pick the questions. We have, it looks like one question in there. I don't know if you want to wait for a few more. I like the question. I think we should start with it. Andrew asked, okay. when you post Founders Journal videos to your personal YouTube channel instead of the Morning Brew channel? Yeah, it's, it's a good question. So why do we post Founders Journal videos to personal YouTube rather than Morning Brew? I think the reason is because we are trying to build out my personal brand right now, my brand portfolio, which in my mind is the Founders Journal, the CMO series that I do, and we'll end up adding another one into kind of the, uh, the slate as well. And I think given we're not spending a lot of time placing emphasis on Morning Brew's YouTube channel right now, until we have someone that truly owns driving traffic to YouTube for Morning Brew, I'd rather us keep it contained given there is someone or people with clear ownership over the let's call it Alex Lieberman brand, uh, as well as uh, you know our video strategy right now. So I think it's because no one owns Morning Brew Multimedia at the moment. We don't want to direct people there without any form of ownership. Andrew's question, how has the culture morphed at Morning Brew during COVID-19? Are you hiring more remote employees now or still focusing on a core that can eventually meet under one roof? I would say just in general, our strategy has morph to being remote empathetic rather than entirely in person. You know, there's this spectrum of 100% in person, 100% of the time, or 100% remote 100% of the time. What COVID has done, I think, is just move us along that spectrum to be more empathetic to remote work, where our team members can decide, do you want to be in office three days a week, four days a week, five days a week, zero days a week? Obviously, none of us are right now, but I think providing that flexibility to people is something that we are going to start doing. I think in terms of culture also, I believe actually that more sub-organizational cultures have kind of formed in COVID. And what I mean by that is like, I think not only is there the morning brew culture, but now I think there are more defined cultures of, you know, the sales team, the creative team, the branded content team, the audio team, the editorial team, the growth team, the tech team. And I think that's because the people that you're interfacing with on a daily basis in a remote format is way more contained to the three or four people in your you know, direct group or right outside of it. Whereas if you were in an office, you'd be interfacing with people across the company. And so I think we just need to be cognizant that kind of like these subcultures are forming and make sure that they are still aligned with the underlying values of the business. Taylor asks, 
Hey, from Nashville. What's up? Uh, I'm in New Jersey. Why do you think personal brand is so important right now during a COVID-19 world? I feel like personal brand is the most important thing now more than ever. I don't know if I would say that personal, at least I haven't felt like personal brand is more important as as a function of COVID. My view is that personal branding is just gaining importance as I think you're seeing a few things. One is that the, again, the proliferation of technology has put tools in front of all of us to create content that has lowered the barrier of entry to create content where anyone can do it. It, You don't have to be, uh, you know, a professional working at a publication or a media company to put out content. So I think the ability to build personal brand with social media and low cost content creation tools has enabled the personal brand building to happen faster than ever. And I think at the end of the day, people have always resonated with human beings. It's just the ability to do it faster and in more places is more amplified than ever, right? So like I think about Oprah being an incredible personal brand that she built through Linear TV and her network. And then there are all these sub-brands that Oprah made famous. I believe Dr. Phil was one of them. I think there's the ability to do that now, like that desire for people to be connected to individuals hasn't gone away, but the ability for anyone not just uh, a celebrity to do it, I think has just gone up significantly. I'll provide a, a different angle for myself. Okay. Where, like it's a pretty good juxtaposition where you are you have a really great following and a really big following that you can splinter off into all those different facets. But like for me, when I think about personal brand, I think about my ability to express myself and my ability to connect with people. So like if I am like putting out into the world what I've learned, it'll attract other people to help teach me things, like especially in podcasting. That's been huge for my development. And then also, like if somebody is doing something in my neck of the woods business-wise, I can reach out and say, hey, and there's like a good enough profile for me to not be like some random person that like doesn't have any business talking about whatever topic. So like it's a way of forming legitimacy as well. So like I don't have any intentions to build like a media brand around Josh Kaplan, but I like posting and I like doing stuff online because I think it's like the future of connectivity and making friends that are beyond your physical zip code. To, to the point of David Perel, it is the best serendipity engine that exists. Creating content on the internet builds serendipitous you know, things to happen. All right. I like this one from Emily. What is one thing you wish you knew before starting Morning Brew? Huh. Yeah, depends on um, I want to do one more question. And then okay. My, the one thing I wish I knew is that it's okay to not be great at everything. It took me a very long time to be okay with the fact that I wasn't great at everything. And so I think for a long time, I tried to force myself to be great at things that I just fundamentally was never going to be greater than my counterparts in. Cool. Okay, last one. I think it's similar to what we were talking about. I guess it's the theme of today. But understanding the power of social media and the internet and how you use that understanding to succeed in traffic the way you have versus brands who have remained engaged but still stay small. So basically the question is, what it has been the leverage created by the internet and how have we used it? So I, I think my, my belief is that, again, the pipes of distribution have been reset where no longer is it, you know, if I want to create content, it is going to be a, a high dollar, high production task to do it, whether it be through TV, through newspaper, through print magazines, et cetera. Now it's if Alex Lieberman wants to create content, Alex Lieberman can create that content for free and distribute that content through Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, 
and you know think of 12 other platforms as well so i think first is just understanding like the distribution what the new paper route looks like in society and on the internet is so important then it's i think it's about really understanding what are the things that you really give a shit about and have some unique perspective on that you want to be kind of like your blend your por- portfolio of competencies for me that is you know media marketing and management and so when i think about my content stack i think about founders journal in terms of management i think about just the content i create on social and my interviews as media thought leadership and then i think about my cmo series as marketing and so to me this kind of builds kind of like this triumvirate of things that no other person in the world has that exact combination in as high leverage of a way. And I think once you define what those three things are for you, and it doesn't have to be three, it's all a matter of creating great content that teaches people and provides utility to them around these categories, and then having a great game plan for how to distribute that content in as many ways as you can on those 12 different platforms that I talked about. And the final thing I would say is focus on one platform first, but ultimately create processes that allow you to go beyond just one platform. Well, I actually, I love doing these office hours and it feels like, you know, if we had time, we could do this for, you know, half an hour or an hour. So we should definitely try doing this more in the future. Thank you everyone for joining the Founders Journal. One request of you is to go leave a review for the Founders Journal on Apple Podcasts. We are on the race to a hundred reviews. We're almost there. I think we're like 20 away. Thank you for all the the incredible questions. We'll definitely do this in the future. Uh, Thanks so much. Have a great rest of your day. Take it easy, everyone. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It offers flexible spending capacity that adapts to your business. You can also earn up to $395 in annual statement credits on eligible purchases at select business merchants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard.